Hi, this is Jeff Cooper, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, Hurricane Ian has just come and gone from Central Florida. Being in the middle of it, and so many others like it, perhaps it's time to share some of my experiences dealing with hurricanes, their cleanup, most of all, my experience with Disney during those times. But we want to cover more than hurricanes. There are tornadoes, earthquakes, and even typhoons in my Disney experience. And no, we're not talking Typhoon Lagoon. From Orlando, Florida to Shanghai Disney, I share my own adventures of dealing with Disney and disasters. By the way, make sure you check out and subscribe not only to this podcast, if you would, but also to our sister site, DisneyAtPlay.com where you can be alerted to future podcasts as they come along. Well, first of all, I owe an apology because I had really made a commitment about a month and a half ago that I would start consistently delivering podcasts every Tuesday morning, every Friday morning. And right now, I'm really behind the eight ball. It's been a week and a half since I've provided a podcast. I saw a potentially really great podcast Um that uh, I could deliver. And in fact, I have it already to record and deliver. Uh, what had happened is last week I had an opportunity to host a dozen individuals here at Disney and four days and four parks, five days, four parks, and a whole lot of insights about dealing with a large group at Disney and dealing with the whole Genie Plus and Disney dining reservations and all of that and I had I have a really great podcast that will probably be the next podcast I put up but as I came off of that event I was exhausted and while intending to actually deliver uh, that podcast uh, events around a hurricane started to come my way and so I needed to divert my attention toward preparing for a hurricane. I have to tell you that my experience with disasters are fairly aligned with my own faith because in my faith I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and there are a couple of concepts that we kind of strongly believe in. One is you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best which means we take the time to really prepare for this. And if you're going to live in a place like Orlando, Florida, you have to be prepared for the reality that at some point you're going to have a hurricane come through you. That's precept one. The second is that when others are in need, you kind of have to go and serve and help others who are in need. And our faith is very good at organizing um disaster relief support, which is probably where I'm headed next. But before I get ahead of myself, I wanted to cover a couple of events that have really been at the heart of my experience with disasters and how they kind of relate to Disney. The first one seems very unrelated to Disney. It's the 1992 Hurricane Andrew in Miami. And, uh, at that time, we weren't living in Orlando. We were living up in the panhandle of Florida. And uh, I hope I said 92, not 91. That was a, that Hurricane Andrew was 
well, is still labeled as the second worst hurricane that ever occurred. The worst being in 1935, long before you had satellite views and and the kind of media support and so forth, the communi- telecommunications that we have nowadays. And that ended up with a, a loss of, of hundreds of lives. Hurricane Andrew was second to that, and it was a disaster. And while it occurred in Miami, it didn't occur at uh, Walt Disney World. Um, It was far away from that. I was even further away in the panhandle. But the expectation was to come and help with the cleanup efforts. So a colleague of mine um, and I got into a car and we drove what was about an 11, 12 hour car ride from Fort Walton Beach all the way down to Miami. We drove through the night to get there. And I mentioned this hurricane in part, there is a Disney connection, but I mentioned this hurricane in part because um, it really woke me up to the realities of what er what a hurricane can do to you. And as we were driving, first of all, Um, the road stops along the way were just filled and cluttered with cars coming to and from. Uh, As we got into Miami, particularly into the Homestead area, there were no lights. It was just kind of coming on to daybreak and you could look in every direction and not see any light. And then you could start looking in every direction and see homes with no roofs. In fact, our effort was very much organized around helping folks who were in um, homes, um, low-income area homes, and we literally um, were up on roofs, um, and we all wore uh, we all wear yellow shirts to kind of set our, um, to help kind of know who we are. And, and so we can recognize each other. And you could see this lineup of yellow shirts on roofs, as far as the eye could see, putting up roofs. I mean, literally not just harping a roof. We had to literally put plywood. Plywood was being provided um, by other organizations. And we were putting plywood up on roofs to actually um, create a roof for the house. It was that devastating. Uh, we were camped out in a in a high school ball field and we spent a couple of nights doing this and then um and 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 there was no i mean there was just you had to bring in your own food there wasn't anything provided mcdonald's had set itself up and i think burger king too with trailers to provide lines of lines of people who were looking for a meal it was it was a devastating hurricane and all hurricanes I've experienced since then have been compared to that one. I only mentioned, I mentioned this one because it, of how remarkable it was and how um, impactful it was on me to see this. I also mention it because on the way back, I tried, I said to my colleagues, you know, we could stop off halfway at Walt Disney World to the Disney Village, maybe get a bite to eat there, maybe see the fireworks before we continue driving on. And he actually bought onto that. I don't know why, because we ended up getting off at St. Cloud on the turnpike. I ended up going, I knew nothing. Of course, this is before GPS. I knew nothing about Orlando at that time. We ended up driving to OBT, then driving north to OBT toward the mall, and the mall heading over to Sand Lake. It was, we were so far off 
from Disney World at that time. And we didn't even end up getting a meal. We did end up, I do remember seeing fireworks from the studios. This was back in the day when they were doing lights, uh, camera. Uh, what was the, it was the fan, it was the Fantasia themed uh, sorcery in the sky, uh, fireworks. And, uh, and seeing that from the parking lot uh, before we drove another eight hours to get to our house. That was my first moment where hurricanes and Disney kind of connected. Um, my next event was after we had moved here, and it wasn't a hurricane per se, but it was also very powerful and very deadly. There was, in 1998, a tornado that ripped through Kissimmee, through, I mean, literally near homes of friends of mine, uh, across cattle fields, and eventually into what was, I believe, the Ponderosa Park trailer park. And this was in the middle of the night. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, and uh, it killed um, a couple of, as I recall, a couple of dozen, over 30 people, I think, were killed altogether by the tornado. But in this one trailer park that was part of the area of our congregation, there were um, over a couple of dozen people who were killed in that trailer park. It, it, it was sad. It was a twist of metal. It was... I knew a guy who lived near there who was homeless and he was sleeping out into the forest in a tent and a tree came down, nearly killed him. Um, fortunately, he didn't die. Um, so you understand hurricanes are, are dangerous, but within the hurricanes, hurricane force winds are dangerous. But really what, what makes things crazy are small tornadoes which somehow envelop within a hurricane system, and that's where you have to be careful. Now, this last, uh, this last hurricane with Ian, the last couple of days, has not been that. It, um, we we thought we had some tornado warnings, but we ne I don't think I ever heard of any tornadoes actually developing at least in our area. Now, down in Fort Myers is a whole different picture. I'll come back to Fort Myers a little later. Um, but that too was was dangerous. You living in a trailer park is is like putting a target on your forehead for disaster. Those do not stand, and you're going to have to evacuate. If a tornado is coming to, toward you, you're going to have to evacuate and go to a shelter. You really is just a disaster. And I, I mention all this too, because within all these people that are affected, um, yes, um, tourists can be impacted, but also the people, the very people who serve this tourism industry, cast members and others who work at the airport and with shuttles and buses and hotels in and outside and restaurants in and outside of Disney, lots of people are impacted by these hurricanes. Um, it can be pretty crazy. The, um, in 1999, Disney wanted to celebrate the millennium and put its focus at Epcot. And so it created a big experience. And as a cast member at that time, I was invited to help with the press event for that millennium festival. I remember watching the very first uh, Illuminations um, show, uh, uh, well, not the first Illumination show, because that had gone, but, um, but the Illuminations um, show tied to the Millennium Celebration that most people 
um, think of when they think of illuminations now um, that went on for a good 20 years afterwards before Harmonious or Epcot Forever and then Harmonious came in. Um, so we had people from all over. We were Our folks were staying at Coronado Springs and they were allowing me to stay at Coronado Springs with them. You were with them from early in the morning until very late at night. Well, at the same time, this whole Epcot Millennium Festival was going on. Uh, a hurricane was coming through and it was Hurricane Floyd. I don't remember a lot about the damage. It seems to me that I do remember that I ended up getting my folks out who were from Mexico a little earlier than the start of the hurricane, but maybe they hunkered down. I remember I actually hunkered down part of that hurricane in Coronado Springs Resort. As, as you've probably seen, if you've kind of followed what it looks like at a hurricane at Disney, um, the hotels will allow the guests to stay there. In fact, many people will come to the from the coast and try to stay at Disney hotels. I think that changed in Ian this time. I think they turned away um, potential reservations simply because they didn't have enough staff to take care of them because there were openings in the hotels and they kind of closed off the reservation system at some point. Or people booked it and it, it just became completely booked. But at some point they drew a line for this hurricane. Um, they're not, the parks are not open during a hurricane. You know, well, actually starting with 1999, this was the first time in its 28 year history that Walt Disney World actually closed during a hurricane. Other than that, it had managed to stay open all of these years. And um, so they were kind of writing the policy of what this was going to look like. And, and part of the reason why it wouldn't close is because it had a resort operation that was always constantly um, having to, to stay open. So at any rate, you, you as a guest of the hotel tend to stay locked up in your room. They provide you um, packets of meals or something that you can food and water to take into your room, but you kind of hunker down. At some point, they let you kind of move around after the bigger part of the hurricane is left, and, and they'll sometimes bring, well, they will bring Disney characters into the hotel lobbies to kind of entertain the kids and keep them going while, um, while the, the cleanup is starting. And then uh, eventually, they, they have a ride-out crew with the um, parks. Cast members volunteer to either... Um, stay in the park, maybe in the utility or in a hotel adjacent, a Disney hotel adjacent, and then come in and help do the cleanup that is needed after the hurricane is over. Um, and that process began with Hurricane Floyd in 1999. It, um, I don't remember the hurricane being so disastrous, uh, at least compared to 2004. 2004 was the craziest experience I've ever dealt with with hurricanes because we didn't have one, not two, but three hurricanes back to back with each other during a time period. And it was it was just it was just a very hard thing to to deal with. So for those of you who have thought about living in the Walt Disney World Orlando area, what is it like to live in a hurricane and to experience it? Well, let me just say that 
um, hurricanes don't normally associate themselves in intensity and strength in Orlando. Now, I say that having just watched Ian pass by us doing the damage it's done. Um, but really, hurricanes, where they impact terribly, is on the coast. And that's especially true in this last one with um, you can start seeing the damage that's been done in the Fort Myer region. Um, and and that's where... It, so people on the coast are usually mandated to get out of there. And many of them come to the Orlando area because there's so many hotels to stay at. So actually, Orlando is really where most people hang out. You, most people in the Orlando area, and I've had a situation where I've I've flown my kids out or flown ourselves out because I was part of this threesome of hurricanes as I was actually doing business elsewhere. And so I flew my family out so they didn't deal. But other people filled my house during the hurricane. Hurricane Charlie was not only intense, Hurricane Charlie did a massive wind job on trees that had been left for years and years and years to grow and grow big and not be trimmed. And so they blew down trees. And the after effect of Hurricane Charlie was we spent a lot of time sawing down trees. And, and of course, also the trailer parks, they're a mesh of metal. So we spent a lot of time with that. But then also the wind blew a lot of tiles off. Now, not people didn't think a lot about that until Francis came along a couple of weeks later, which blew more tiles off and started to create leaks in people's roofs. And this was further exasperated by Hurricane Jean, who came by a few weeks after that. So we had three hurricanes come through the Orlando area in 2004. This was a disaster. Our own In our own local congregation, we did among people of our faith and our neighbors, over 120 cleanup projects in homes. And I tell you, there is nothing sadder than water coming through the, the your, your ceiling and creating what is essentially oatmeal that just dumps on your furnishings and your belongings and everything you own. It is a disaster. Um... And so you have to make sure that if your if your tiles are off your roof, you need to get tarp on them, and then you need to get eventually somebody to come and replace that roof. You need to keep your roof um, retiled every twelve to fifteen years, maybe eighteen years. But you got to keep adding your roof. I've I. I, this is where it becomes a real disaster is people having to evacuate their homes because there are open holes in their roof and in their ceilings due to the amount of rain that has poured through after the wind has brushed things aside. Now, I, coming back to Disney and all of this, by the way, all these hurricanes really affected have, have affected the Disney cast. Um, but, but Disney... What about Disney? Is is the castle going to burn? Um, going to um, blow down? Generally speaking, no. These buildings at Disney are built to a very, very strong hurricane code, and they just don't fall down. You still and they keep their trees trimmed and they do all the things that you should be doing as a homeowner 
they do on a much bigger level. Doesn't mean that they don't have damage, doesn't mean that they don't have leaks and things that happen, but they mitigate that by doing a lot of building. One of the things that they did way up front under Roy Disney before they opened is they built a big irrigation system. The Reedy Creek, which flows out of Walt Disney World, that creek, that creek, um, they created a series of irrigation canals so that they could move the water when it got too too high in its lakes and its areas. They could move the water through the canals into the Reedy Creek system and on beyond. The challenge with that, and by the way, Florida is, Florida is flat, but there is just this subtle incline from where you are in central Florida all the way down to the Everglades because all these waters, these are the headwaters that ultimately flow all the way down to the Everglades and then and then passed out, passed it into the ocean. And so, and so these are important waters. The challenge is, is that, is that the community has to also make sure that its waters are, um, that, that systems are put in place so they can pass the water on without affecting others. One of the places where this has become huge, and it was huge this hurricane as well, is um, was, was with Hurricane Charlie, Francis, and Jean, which flooded out a property known as Good Samaritan, a retirement home just on the other, just um, south of Disney, where the Reedy Creek overflows. And I'm not saying that Disney releasing its waters is the cause of its flooding, but but the community has not addressed, I, and I don't know why we have a retirement home in this flattened area, but it continually floods. And this is mostly what happens is we get a lot of flooding into these areas. And it's just, I'm literally, this is, and it's happened yesterday as well this area has flooded three times in a row and people have had to completely leave people i've known people i've now will, will be going into in the days to come to clear out all their stuff because their home has been completely flooded over it's it's a mess um, flooding is the big issue with hurricane ian that is what we have struggled with in this one the the winds weren't that bad the flooding has been terrible um and um as a result uh people have been dramatically impacted in the local area because of flooding now from all of these whether it's um matthew or charlie or Flo i mean all of these involve some kind of cleanup effort and um hurricane cleanup has led me from orlando to miami from Kissimmee to Immokalee, from New Smyrna Beach to Mexico Beach. Um, I can stand in the middle of the state and point in nearly every direction towards some hurricane cleanup effort that I've been involved in. Hurricanes are a reality in Florida. But beyond the disaster they create, what I have found are people who really come together and serve and help. A couple of days ago, a simple thing as um, trying to uh, fill sandbags 
and you see people, you, let me tell you the rule about sandbags. You can't do it by yourself. You have to have two people do a sandbag. The bag doesn't stay open by itself. Somebody has to hold it and then somebody has to shovel it in. And in that ex experience, you learn to help people. And it's, it's just a neat little phenomenon to see when you turn around and you start helping somebody else with their bag and they're only got one bag and maybe a little hand shovel to try to do it, it still doesn't work very well. So, hey, let me help you. And it's just a great thing to see how people come together to serve and help. And in the eye of the storm, there can be care and inspiration found. And that that truly is a remarkable thing. I don't like hurricanes. I don't like the cleanup. But in the process, by the way, I have to also say, I had a responsibility in my congregation to really help serve. But in the in the aftermath of Hurricane Charlie, we were without we were without uh, electricity. We were without water, as I recall at the time. I mean, we had water stored and everything, but but we didn't have any place to shower or anything. And um, we kind of cleaned up our immediate property, put things back. You know, we kind of store everything in the garage and then put it back on the patio and out, outside afterwards. And then I said to my wife, I said, you know. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon's open. We got a membership there. We should just um, we should just go over there and enjoy the water park and get a good shower. And she looked at me in the way that my wife can look at me. She looked at me and said, uh, haven't you forgotten? There's other people that have been impacted by this and uh, you need to figure out what their needs are. And uh, she was right. And sure enough, that began that um, effort over those three hurricanes lots of cleanup lots of organization um, lots of effort i cannot tell you what a privilege it is to work side by side people who may have never used a chainsaw before people who are just willing to pick up branches and twigs um, that is what makes uh, i don't want to say makes a hurricane worthwhile but it does make living in florida meaningful if you, I know some of you are thinking, why would I ever live in Florida? But you live in Florida because you know at some point you're going to be able to help others. And if you can help others, well, that, that provides, that provides meaning in and of itself. Now, by the way, I should also mention a couple other disasters I've had with Disney over the years. Um, in 1987, I was doing my internship in Southern California with Southern California Edison when at about 720-something, all of a sudden the building shook and we took cover and the building was made out of glass. Glass panes fell from the building. You could look from one end of that building all the way to the other end of the building. Similar buildings in the area were the same. We got out of there when it stopped shaking. We sat in the parking lot. This is before you had internet. You had nothing but a radio to really tell you what was going on. And you couldn't tell whether or not you had, had you were close to an earthquake or, you know, I don't know, Utah had fallen through, you know, the earth and you were feeling the after effects of them. You, you didn't know. As it turned out, that earthquake was literally just a couple of blocks away from where I was working for Southern California Edison, but there was no work in at that point. Thought I'd go to Disneyland. Apparently they were open that day, but I questioned that because I think they may have opened in the evening, but I think at that point they had decided to close um, 
and until much, much later in the day. I drove home. I knew a freeway had been blocked off the 430, I want to say 435 and the I-5, but I could be off on that. I decided to take Whittier Boulevard home. That earthquake was known as the Whittier Narrows earthquake, and literally you could see um, parking lot structures that had collapsed. Uh, tragic if anybody was in them at that time. There were deaths in that earthquake, and um, and it was it was it was a pretty scary event. Um, not really knowing a whole lot at first, um, but uh, uh, didn't end up at Disneyland that day. Ended up kind of just driving away casually when I realized it was more in, in the immediate area. I was living in Fullerton. I drove towards San Diego just to kind of get away from it all. Um, but uh, I do remember in the 2000s, there was I was in Disneyland and in the Golden Horseshoe watching a little show that was going on on the second balcony and I could feel the shaking and the swing. And now you, they tell you get undercover and they tell you to maybe stand under a, uh, a door frame. I have to admit, I ran, wasn't the right thing to do necessarily, but I ran out of that building as fast as I could onto the street. They ended up closing off all the buildings for an hour or more while they did an assessment. It wasn't a big earthquake, um, but, uh, but it was a memorable earthquake. Not nearly as memorable as 2016. Now, Typhoon or not, uh, Shanghai Disney uh, had opened up in June, and I wanted to go there. And I happened to be doing work in Singapore, so I recreated my itinerary to stop in Shanghai on the way and Tokyo Disney on the way back. And so, my first visit to Shanghai Disney. I remember getting to the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, which is really one of the nicest hotels I have, Disney hotels I have stayed in. Beautiful hotel. Getting in my room, and one of the first things that came to my understanding as I was kind of collecting what was going on was, well, I think they told me at the desk that there was a typhoon coming in soon and that you need that I needed to be aware of it. Now, if I, I was planning on staying I think f four nights at Shanghai to get the full effect of that resort. As it stood, as I looked at this typhoon, I realized coming in that if I stayed my length of stay, that my flight would be canceled going out to Singap Singapore. And Singapore was where I was making my money. So I was going to lose money if I didn't go to Singapore. So I had to make a painful decision to leave Shanghai the next day. I only had like an hour and a half the first night at Shanghai Disney. And then I only had till about two o'clock in the afternoon before I had to get in a taxi and go to the airport and fly out that night to Singapore in advance of that typhoon. That was a bummer because I was really excited to see. I, I, I experienced a few things but very little did I experience in that first trip to Shanghai. Disney ended up with a much longer trip, although I ended up staying at Toy at the Toy Story Hotel, which is like one of my bottom hotels. Actually, it's it was clean and the room. I love the room and I love the color of the room, the decor of the room, but everything else about the hotel I hated. 
But it did give me a chance to spend several, several days at Shanghai Disney. And so that was my, my typhoon experience. I guess I could also talk about Typhoon Lagoon, but not in relation to an actual disaster. So that kind of takes me through my Disney disasters around the globe. All I could say is, um, you know what? If you want to live in Central Florida, just be aware that you're going to have to prepare for an occasional event where a hurricane is going to come through. And you're going to have to find that really what matters most is not necessarily being close to a Disney park, but being close to others as you help them out in the event of an emergency. That may mean that my podcast will be a little erratic because I don't know what's happening in the days to come. But um, as cleanup efforts are being requested, but um, we will do our best to provide you podcasts as we continue forward. Actually, today, it is a beautiful day. It is in the low 80s. It is one of those days why you want to stay in Florida. Somehow the heat left with that hurricane and the next seven days at least look beautiful, which is almost about the time of year that the, that the humidity leaves and you end up having a more beautiful um, climate to live in Florida. Curiously enough, you should also know that I thought to, um, that the reservation system at Disney is not allowing new reservations currently. That may change later in the day. The parks are opening later this morning, reopening later this morning. But um, but as this time, they're not allowing reservations. And this is a unique thing about this new reservation system is they may not want a whole lot of people in on these days because they don't have a lot of cast members, people who are, who are in need. So, so more to come, more to happen in the months and days to come here in Central Florida. Well, this ends this Disney at Play podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for listening. Please, if you can, put in a good word for us and the podcast provider that you utilize or go to iTunes and provide a positive rating or if possible, a positive review. And also check out our Wayfinder Society. It's our Patreon group to help support um, this podcast and all that uh, happens here. Thanks again for joining us and in the words of Sinbad Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. Bye.